All right. Uh, welcome to Soma Church, everybody. <laughs> if you would, please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Marvin Slayton. I'm one of the associate pastors here. Um, we are continuing this evening with our walk through the shared values here at Soma Church. Um, I have the privilege of sharing on selfless giving. Uh, this has been a very special topic for me uh, Ever since I was oh, 21, 22 years old, I went to Bible College and Master's Commission in Hampton, Virginia. And uh, one morning uh, at a church service, I was down front and, you know, I was giving my all to the Lord and, and worshiping the Lord and praising Him. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, Marvin, I want you to give your truck to the church. And, you know, it's kind of this... I'd look around, and, and then the dialogue begins, you know. It's like, man, God, there's 1,200 other people here. Maybe there's another Marvin, you know. <laughs> he said, no, I, I'm talking to you. And he said, I want you to give your truck to the church. We were, the, that church was going through a building campaign at the time. And he said, I want you to give it to the church. They will sell it, and they'll take that money to use um, for the building and so the dialogue went back and forth. Ultimately, I lost, and um, I gave my truck to the church. And I don't know if you guys have ever given something that's worth $30,000 away, but I'm telling you, it hits you right in the gut. I'm joking with you. I had a 93 uh, GMC Sonoma. I think they got about $3,000 for it. So, um, but this is what I have. That was my transportation, you know. So, um, but I tell you, from that point on, uh, 21, 22 years old, I guess that was about 10 years ago now. Um, my heart has been uh, forever changed for this idea, for this value of, of selfless giving, of selfless giving. And, and what has happened in the months and years since then has, has really uh, dramatically changed um, my life. And now, let me say this as, as a bit of a... Um, uh, encouragement tonight. Selfless giving is in no way um, only restricted to finances. Typically, when we talk about giving, um, we're looking at three major categories, and they can be broken down into kind of a broad covering of your time. So giving of your time. Um, also a giving of your talents. And then the third would be treasures and finances would obviously fall into the treasures category. Uh, but no way when we say selfless giving are we only talking uh, in a monetary way about our finances. So I just want to say that as encouragement and a disclaimer there. So if you're with me in your Bibles, look at verse 25 in Luke 10. Verse 25 in Luke 10. We're going to read through verse uh, 37. All right, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money, they beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, 
he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt deep pity or compassion. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver and told him to take care of the man. He says, if his bill runs higher than that, I'll pay the difference the next time I'm here. Powerful. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Tonight, I want to give you three ways that this value of selfless giving um, can be deepened in all of us, can be deepened in you. And the first one is a ready heart. You guys can write that down if you're taking notes. A ready heart. Look with me at verse 33. It says, Then a despised, a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt deep pity or compassion. If you're taking notes, write this down. A ready heart gives us the greatest opportunity to release compassion. A ready heart gives us the greatest opportunity to release compassion. Now, there's some deeper things that I want you to understand about this scene. Uh, Number one, this was a dangerous road. This road from Jerusalem to Jericho was very dangerous. Uh, A lot of thieves, a lot of robbers, a lot of murderers. Um, Everyone in that culture and society uh, knew that. Um, This would make any of us uh, preoccupied with our own security, with our own safety. It would be very easy not to to look out um, uh, for anyone else much less stop and to take care and go to the extent that Samaritan did. Um, The second thing is this, and I want to read it to you from David Goodsick's commentary. Um, This is what he says. Generally speaking, Jews and Samaritans despised each other, both racially and religiously. The culture gave the Samaritan plenty of reasons to hate this Jewish man and pass him by. It says, some rabbis taught, that Jews were forbidden to help a Gentile woman who was in distress giving birth. Because if they succeeded, all they did was to help one more Gentile come into the world. They often thought, and catch this, they often thought that Samaritans were worse than other Gentiles were. So you guys picking up this context, we have the Samaritan man here. Two big things happening. He's on a very, very dangerous road. And he has, and he also, there are mega, mega differences between him and this man that is lying there in need. Mega, mega differences um, between them. So the question that we have to ask is this, how do we have a ready heart? How do you have a ready heart in your life? When you look at the word ready, it speaks of a preparedness, in a suitable state for an activity. The word ready, is, it speaks of a preparedness in this suitable state for an activity. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. I'm going to read through verse 15. It says this, Use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil. 
so that after the battle you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. I want you to hang out in verse 15 right there. I'm gonna read it again. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So what's it telling us? How do we have a ready heart? When the need is there before us, and they always are in, in culture and society, in our community, friends and family, there's always needs that, is, that arise. First question is, how do I have a ready heart? And here's the answer. We must live in the peace, just like the scripture just said, we must live in the peace that comes from understanding his word and living in communion with him. Let me say it again. We must live in the peace that comes from understanding his word and living in communion with him. Uh, what I did was, um, when I was thinking through all of this, uh, there was kind of a, a formula that came to my mind when, it, when um, talking about a ready heart, uh, and it was this, and um, it says, out of communion, so out of communion with Christ equals lack of peace or unready. Out of communion with Christ equals your, a lack of peace in your life and unready. How many of you guys have been there? You've been out of communion with God. I know so many times, different seasons of all of our lives um, where uh, we're not uh, maybe in the word like we need to be. Maybe we're not uh, uh, meeting with God consistently. Um, whatever it is, we're distracted. Maybe um, there's some type of vice that has us, a sin pattern, whatever it is. But the bottom line is we're out of communion with God. What happens when we're out of communion? There's a lack of peace. I know for me, I know when it's happening, there's just no peace in my life. When there's no peace, it's really hard to be ready to meet other people's needs. It's really hard to be ready to meet other, other people's needs. Out of communion with God equals lack of peace and unready. The opposite in communion with God equals living in peace and ready. In communion equals living in the peace of the Lord and ready. And we've all been at this place, man, when we are just tracking with the Lord. Our communion's tight. We're following the Lord. We're experiencing him. We're encountering his presence. We're reading our word. All of the things uh, where we're connecting with God and we have this peace on our life. And when that peace is there, we are able to meet people's needs with a ready heart. When the peace is there, when the communion is happening in our life, we're able to meet people's needs with a ready heart. Number one, it's a ready heart. That's what the Samaritan's teaching is there. He had, despite all of those things, despite the road he was traveling on, despite the differences socially, culturally, uh, with this Jewish man, he had a ready heart. You guys have to understand that this is... I can't, I can't even think of, a, of an illustration to, uh, uh, to describe the, the, the hatred there uh, between the, these two groups of people. And yet he had a ready heart to meet this guy's need. The second thing is a ready mind. A ready mind. Look with me in verse 34. Verse 34, back in Luke chapter 10. It says this, Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. 
Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. If you're taking notes, write this down. A ready mind will give wisdom to the compassion of a ready heart. A ready mind will give wisdom, wisdom to the compassion of a ready heart. How many of you guys have been in that place where you had a ready heart full of compassion to meet the need, but the way you met the need ended up not being the wisest? I know of countless stories of good people with great intentions who have helped out others only to see their ready heart end up doing more harm than good. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've, we've rushed in. We, there's this need. We've rushed in to meet this need. We have this ready heart, but our mind, our mind was not ready. Unlike the Good Samaritan now, this was kind of, he was in a scene where it was fast. I mean, he, he's traveling, comes up, he sees this guy. He's got to make a decision, right? Uh, most of the time in our life, um, uh, typically in society now, we have time to process. We have time to process the need in front of us to make the best decision. Many times we have time to process it. But I want to step back from that. I don't want to look at this ready mind, the idea of this in a very practical, uh, very practical way. Um, and I think when I was looking at it myself, when needs rise um, in front of me, in front of uh, Andre and I and our family, I think that there's three questions that you have to ask yourself. When needs arise, there's three questions you have to ask yourself. And the first one is this. Do I have the ability to meet this need? Do I have the ability to meet this need? If you don't have the ability to meet the need, then you either move on or you need to connect with your ma or your pa or your friend or your neighbor or someone else who you think might have the ability to meet the need. But it's the first question that has to be asked. Do I have the ability to meet this need? If yes, then there's a second question. Is God calling me to meet this need? Is God calling me to meet this need. Because he might not be calling you to meet this need even though you see it. He might be calling someone else. Is God calling me to meet this need? If yes, then the last question is this. What's the wisest, what's the most obedient way to meet the need? What's the wisest, most obedient way to meet the need? Um, just recently I, I heard a, a great illustration uh, uh, to, uh, to illustrate this point of a ready mind. Um, you guys know every summer we go on mission trips here at Soma, and this last summer we went to, uh, a group went to Peru, and uh, Jacob and Cynthia Cheney were on that trip amongst others, and uh, when they came back, I heard stories from all of them, but um, uh, Cynthia told me a story and that uh, really stuck out to me, and when I was putting this sermon together, I was like, oh man, that story fits this so, so well. Um, if you guys don't know Cynthia, she is a, um, raise your hand, Cynthia, right there. <laughs> it's good, Cynthia. We talked about it. Um, Cynthia is a nurse practitioner by trade, so obviously she is able to take care of people medically. Well, when they were in Peru, they were out um, in the jungles, um, in the villages, and when they first got there, there was uh, a lot of different people they were meeting, obviously, and she saw uh, that there was definitely a lot of medical needs there. And so she gets there, she sees these people, she's meeting them, she's loving them, there's these needs, and she has this ready heart full of compassion, right? There's this ready heart full of compassion, but then all of a sudden the Lord just speaks and says, 
I don't want you to meet their needs in a medical way. Not this group of people. Not this group of people. I don't want you to meet their needs in a medical way. And, and, and the Lord spoke to her why. And what he said was, because when you diagnose them, when you give them prescriptions and uh, their antibiotics, whatever it may be, you're not going to be able to be around to be able to see uh, how their body reacts to these, to these antibiotics. You're not going to be around to be able to see it. That's wisdom. The ready heart and that ready mind came in. The Lord gave her a ready mind right after her compassion uh, was struck. A ready mind came in. And so anyway, so she obeys and she doesn't do it, even though it was hard, right, Cynthia? So the, the trip goes on, and, uh, but there's, there's this one girl who, who comes across their path, and she sees, um, Cynthia sees her, and this girl obviously has uh, very obvious um, uh, wounds, uh, skin infections, and uh, Cynthia is, through compassion, is drawn to her, and um, immediately the Lord speaks to her, you are supposed to meet the need of this girl. You're supposed to meet the need of this one girl. Now, she had already, there was a lot of people the Lord said not to, but you're supposed to meet the need of this one girl. And Cynthia did. She diagnosed everything, got her the antibiotics, and it ended up being a very, very helpful thing um, to, to this girl. And so, guys, that's what has to happen when we see needs rise above us. It's not enough just to have a ready heart. Oh, I'm going to meet this need because I see it. A ready heart has to be coupled with a ready mind. And I want to read the, uh, what I read first in talking about this. A ready mind will give wisdom to the compassion of a ready heart. You guys, please write that down. A ready mind will give wisdom to the compassion of a ready heart. So we have a ready heart, we have a ready mind, and the third thing is this, uh, is ready resources. And uh, look back at Luke chapter 10 with me in verse 35. It says, the next day, and I'd never really, <laughs> it never really hit me about this passage, but the next day, okay, so this, he's been taking care of this guy overnight, okay, let that sit in for a little while. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver, which uh, scholars say would take care of him for about two to three weeks. Uh, I'm sure that was more than enough. And told him to take care of the man if his bill runs higher than that. He said, I'll pay the difference the next time I'm here. I'll pay the difference the next time I'm here. The proper stewardship of our time, talents, and treasures will enable us to meet more needs and in a greater way. Let me say it again. The proper stewardship of our time, talents, and treasures will enable us to meet more needs and in a greater way. And we see this here illustrated so well with the Samaritan. Um, uh, he took the time, we're talking about, you know, that's one of the, the big gifts, the time to doctor this guy up and then spend extended time with him at the inn uh, where, where he stayed overnight. He had the talents to be able to properly treat this man when he was out on the road and bring him back uh, in a correct way not to do further damage. Man, I tell you, if that was me, I would have had a compassionate heart, but I also would have passed out and fell on top of the guy. I, I, I would not have had the talent to deal with this guy. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't all have those talents. We can't take that for granted in this, passage, in this passage that we all have the talents to be able to uh, meet a need in, in somewhat of a medical way. Um, and he obviously had available resources, lastly, of medicine, bandages, and money. 
medicine, bandages, and money. So we see all three, time, uh, talents, treasures, playing out in that, in that one verse of how he took care of them. Here's the point. We have to be intentional in the way we steward our resources. We have to be intentional. Please italicize that word, bold it, mark it down, whatever you have to do. We have to be intentional in the way we steward our resources. Let me give you three pretty recent examples in these area of time, talent, and treasure, treasures that are right here uh, within Soma Church. We, you know, this is a val- selfless giving is a value of Soma, and you guys um, display this value very well um, above and beyond. And what's interesting is I was um, uh, on this third point here of ready resources. I was looking at time, talents, and treasures. Um, recent stories from within this body within this body came up. I'm talking, this is all really recent um, of, of how um, you guys have, have selflessly gave. Um, the first one I want to talk about is time. So we're talking about ready resources here, okay? Ready resources and time. Um, this past, uh, I think it was within the past 10 days, um, um, Chris and Christina, they were, they're f- photographers and they went to Ohio to, to shoot a wedding. And uh, they had posted on Facebook for a couple of days that they, um, that they needed a ride um, back from DFW Airport at 10 p.m. at night. And I saw that, and obviously I'm not that deep of a selfless giver, and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that, okay? <laughs> so I didn't do it. The story's not about me. Um, so they posted that. They had a need there of, of coming back from DFW Airport at 10 o'clock. Well, a few days later after they got back, I talked with Chris, and um, I said, well, who picked you up? He said, oh, Jacob Lindsay did. <laughs> now, um, I wish Jacob and, and Bethany both could, uh, let me get a drink real quick. Um, they're, they're keeping the kids. <laughs> I wish they could be in there to hear this. Um, but Jacob goes and, and picks Chris and Christina up. Now, for those of you who don't know Jacob and Bethany, Jacob has two full-time jobs. He's a software developer, 40 hours a week. He's a husband, and he's a, he is a dad to three kids that are the, of the age three and under. Okay? Two full-time jobs Jacob has. And Jacob goes, Chris and Christina put this need out, a, a very, a, it's a big need, you know, to, to get back from the airport, you know. Uh, they always say, got to get back to where they live. And Jacob connects with them and says, hey, man, I'll pick you up. 10 o'clock at night from DFW. Gets back at whatever time, gets up and goes to work. I know he has to get up about 5.15 every morning. That's a short turnaround, guys. Short turnaround. And let me tell you, just bragging on Jacob and Bethany both, because Jacob had to leave and Bethany had to stay with the kids. So it was really both of them giving of their time, uh, but bragging on them further. That was a great act of selfless giving there. Um, but, you know, that act actually goes into a deeper place, which is called sacrificial giving. So there, there's selfless giving that we're all called to. And then there's this place where you go above and beyond that's this sacrificing because Jacob has, maybe there's time, that's, that's a resource that maybe he thinks that he wants to give to people. 
Um, but that was a sacrificial giving of time. You guys follow what I'm saying? So there's two, there's two levels here. There's the selfless giving of these resources, but then there's this deeper level of sacrificial, and the way I describe it is when it hurts. You know what I'm saying? When, when it hurts, uh, when it's rough, when the, when, when the check comes and you have to add another zero. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, that type of, of thing. And so I just brag on them, man, what a great story and example of, of um, time, of, of, of the giving of, of their time. The second thing is talent. Uh, if you've spent any amount of time around Soma, you know that uh, we have a lot of ladies who can cook really good in this church. I know I've got to run extra miles every week to run all my fat off my body. So there is some good cooking uh, that goes on here at this church. Um, Let's see, about three weeks ago, uh, we, my wife and I, we were going to have the, the Hannah family over for, um, for dinner. And I was, I was out working, but uh, Andrea had, um, she had gotten sick during that day and had called Danielle and, and said, hey, I'm sick. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And um, Danielle said, well, you know what? I've got a killer migraine, and I don't think we're going to be able to get together tonight. And she said, okay, yeah, I understand. And, and then Danielle said, she said, but you know what? I still want to cook dinner for you guys. But the only thing is, is I can't bring it to you because Jason's off at work and I'm cooking with my three kids here for us. She said, so if Marvin can come by and pick it up, then, you know, we, we can do this. And, um, and Danielle cooked, she cooked us a red chicken curry that was amazing. And I went and picked it up and I walked in the house and, and uh, uh, Danielle walks out of the kitchen and, you know, the kids are running around. And it was just, I just thanked her because I knew of the selflessness, of the sacrifice that that was for her uh, to make that meal for us. Do you, guys, do you guys see that picture? Do you understand what I'm saying here? That, that's a talent. Obviously, you know if you've eaten Danielle's cooking, that's a talent of hers. Many other people in this room have uh, all ca- talents are across the board, but of the selflessness in that moment to say, you know what, we're... We can't come over. We're not going to be able to hang out as families, but I want to cook for you anyway. In spite of my migraine, in spite of my kids being here, Jason's not home. I want to give to you anyway. Wow. Wow. Talents. We all have various different talents, and we all need to be thinking about how can we use our talents to bless other people, to meet other needs. You guys following what I'm saying? The third thing is this. Uh, and it's uh, treasures. Um, I think it was the second month that um, Andre and I were married. Um, I, was, I was just waking up and getting out of bed. It was like that first second or two, you know, when you're waking up, and um, man, the Lord just spoke to me immediately. And, and this has only happened a couple of times in my life, one of the other times being the truck, um, uh, that story from back in Virginia. Uh, but the Lord spoke to me, and this is what he said. I mean, this was within two seconds of waking up. He said, Marvin, he said, I want you and your family to commit to give 20% of your income away every year. And he said, I'll make this promise to you. If you will commit to give 20% away, I will always make a way where you will be able to give it. I'll always make a way where you will be able to give it. Now, 
I don't know about you, but we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> and so 20% of your income, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a math major with my money to figure this stuff out. You know what I'm saying? And so this was, I, I told Andrea, and she said, man, I believe that. I think we're supposed to work towards that. And so we did. We began to work towards giving 20% away, 10% uh, to the church, 10% to missionaries and needs that arise uh, uh, that we can give to benevolently uh, each month. And so, man, we started working. And, and for those of you who don't know us well, we are Dave Ramsey people. We work on a cash-based system. And so what do we do? We got out the Excel spreadsheet, and we sit in front of it, and we're cutting and slicing and moving things around over here, moving things around over there. We're, we're shifting things around. But the reality is, is what were we doing? What we were doing was we, we were giving in that moment of 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 what the Lord was calling us to do. We, we were sacrificing for ourselves for the greater good of other people. And let me tell you, as it, what, it didn't take us very long to get to that 20% mark, and we've been doing it for two plus years now, and we have not looked back or doubted it or, or hated it or despised God for it for one second. Let me tell you, we have been seriously, seriously blessed above and beyond and that, I don't share that story tooting our horn because that wasn't my own idea. I promise you that. That was God telling me to do that. But that's part of, part of our resources is obviously the finances that the, that the Lord gives us. We have to steward them. And it brings me back to uh, the first statement I said under this point. We have to be intentional with the way we steward our resources. I can tell you this. That Samaritan, if he, would not, if he was not intentional with the way he stewarded, he would not have been as prepared on the road as he was. He might not have had the two pieces of silver. He might not have had the bandages. He might not have had the oil. Who knows what he might, he might not have had the donkey. Who knows what he might not have had. I can tell you this, and Tony and I were talking about it. When he gave that innkeeper two pieces of silver, I can promise you he had plenty more money where that came from. How do we know? He said, let me know. Give me a call. I'll come back and I'll pay the rest. The Samaritan was intentional with how he stewarded his resources. Um, so we have three things here that the, that the Samaritan is teaching. He said, man, this is just one way to teach this story. I think there's a hundred ways to teach about the good Samaritans. You guys have probably heard 75 of them. Um, but three points, a ready, a ready heart, a ready mind, and ready resources. Um, I want to end this evening with a video um, that I think uh, beautifully illustrates this value of, of selfless giving. Um, this, this video, um, um, it's actually was, uh, it's made in, in Thailand, and it's a video actually from a cellular phone company in, in Thailand, and some of you have probably seen it. Um, it's very moving and I think represents the heart of selfless giving um, in a great way. Uh, so they're speaking Thai in the video, but there's English uh, 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 subheadings below. Um, so you can look at those. Um, but let's take a look at this and then I'll come back up and end. Giving is obviously something that's very close to the heart of God. Forgot to love the world that he gave. And so the altar call tonight's very simple. I want to invite uh, the ministry team up. 
Matthew would come up. Um, it's very simple. If you need prayer, um, and if your heart was uh, uh, moved in any part of the sermon tonight, and you would like prayer for anything, really, it doesn't have to be about selfless giving. Uh, you can come up and um, receive prayer. Um, if you want to just uh, worship in your seat or pray in your seat, that's fine as well. We also have um, um, communion uh, in the back for those of you who like to take communion. Um, um, that's open for you as well. But I just want to pray tonight and just let the Lord lead you and how you want to respond to his scripture tonight. You know, the Lord calls us. Um, it's a have-to thing that when the scripture is presented to us that we have to respond. Um, and we have to respond with character and integrity. So uh, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and I want to pray for you. And at any point, you can come up and um, uh, receive prayer or uh, bow before the Lord. Prayer on your knee or go back and, and take communion. So, Lord, we love you tonight, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you've, that you've, you've moved in our hearts in this room, God. We, t- we thank you for the truth, Lord, that comes from the scripture of the Good Samaritan, God. Lord, we thank you that you've blessed us with the greatest gift of all time, Father, of your son, Jesus, the, that's reconciled us back to you, that was the true atonement that brought us uh, to a oneness with you, God, that you've redeemed us, saved us, forgiven us, Lord, and you've given to us lavishly, God. Your scriptures are clear, God, that at your right hand are pleasures forevermore that every good and perfect gift comes from above, that you on the cattle of a thousand hills, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and how much more will he take care of us? Lord, will you deepen the truths of your word into us tonight, God? Change our lives, Lord. Help us to give as you gave. We ask in your name, Jesus. Jesus.